The Temple Fuel Podcast is designed to provide inspiration, motivation, and a safe space for the woman trying to navigate through life's changes while on the way to her God-given destiny. My hope is that you leave each episode a little less tired and more inspired. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Temple Fuel Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back. If you are new here, thank you for taking the time out to listen. If you're not new, thank you for taking the time out to listen for yet another episode. Make sure that you are subscribed. If this is your second or third episode, might as well go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're following. And of course, if this episode blesses you, if you find something interesting, make sure you share. Share with someone, text them this episode. Uh, Share it on social media. there's so many other ways I might be missing, but make sure that you share this episode if there's something that sits with you or resonates with you or something that you hear that you think someone else might benefit from, okay? Make sure you share. We want to get this out. We want to share with other people. Um, so yeah, make sure you share. I appreciate you guys. Hope you're having a good day, uh, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is that you're listening. I hope that you are well. I mean that. I really hope that you're well. Um, So let's go ahead and jump right on into this episode, the power of God's presence, the power of God's presence. And we're going to talk about four instances in scripture where God's presence changed, changed the atmosphere or the environment. So four instances in scripture where God's presence changed the atmosphere and environment. And of course, there are many, many, many more than four, but I specifically prayed and I asked God to give me instances in scripture where God's presence changed the environment. I wanted to go with that, um, you know, starting off. And before we go any further, um, I think it's important to mention because I am using Lord, I'm using God, you know, I'm using Jesus um, interchangeably that we are talking about one God who has three different persons. So I understand there might be people who are in different walks in their Christian faith and may not truly understand or may not know how to explain that. We're talking about one God who has three different persons, which is Father God, Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, okay? And um, for purposes of not getting too far off track, I definitely want to encourage you to uh, do your research, do your reading. Um, If you have leadership that you can reach out to, you know, make sure that you are doing that. Um, And also, as I was praying, I asked God, you know, give me some word, Lord, help me to explain this. How do I explain this um, better for the people? And he gave me Ephesians 4 four through six and 12. And I'm going to read that in the Amplified. And and before we go on, I definitely want to encourage you to grab your Bible. Um, As I do with every episode, um, you know, I typically mention scripture. We're going to have a lot of scripture in this episode. So if you, you know, read along on your phone, if you read along on your tablet, you know, if you have you know, a little handheld Bible, I still have mine, definitely grab it because as I've said before, I don't want you to just take my word for it. You know, I need to back it up with scripture. I want you to go read the scripture. I want you to see God for yourself. I want you to ask him, Lord, you know, is this what you're saying? I want you to to, to question. I want you to try the spirit by the spirit. I don't want you to just say, well, that's Monica. You know, I know she's talking good. This sounds good. Why would she say anything else? I want you to be invested in to read your word and, and get excited about it. Okay. So again, Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 and verse 12, there is one body of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, 
one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. Verse 12. And he said this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ. Okay. That was again Ephesians 4. 4 through 6 and verse 12. And so we're going to talk about four instances in scripture where God's presence changed the atmosphere and environment. Four instances in scripture where God's presence changed the atmosphere and environment. We're going to start with Exodus 24 and 16 when God called Moses up Mount Sinai to deliver the Ten Commandments. And we're going to read it. So remember, grab your word because we've got a lot of reading to do. So Exodus 24. And we're actually going to start at verse 15 through 17. And Moses went up into the mount and a cloud covered the mount and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called into Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Verse 17. This is what I want us to pay attention to. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. So the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And to not even make this really deep, we understand the insignificance and the importance of fire and what fire means and what fire does. Fire can kill up some, kill something. Fire can cook. Fire can burn up something to a crisp that you don't even know that it existed anymore. Fire is bright. Fire is bold. When you think of fire, you think of colors, what? Orange and yellow. And um, those are the two main colors that you, you think of. Fire is associated with heat. You know, most of us, we don't intentionally go and touch fire. You know, fire for those of us ladies, you know, fire, heat. When we get under the dryer to get our hair done, it changes. It dries our hair, you know, hot fire. It's bold. It's a bold element. Fire is an element. Okay. And so that is just one instance where God's presence changed an environment. His presence was like fire on a cloud. Could you imagine, you know, being being there and just it probably lit up the whole space. Probably if it was if, if it was dark, they probably didn't need any light. You know, it's, it's it's the it's like a sun, it's like the sun shining through a window. You know how you have that natural light? God was natural light at that moment. God was natural light. That's amazing. We're going to move on to Psalm 16 and 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. There is joy in God's presence. You know, I was thinking about this and, and God and, and the Lord was just, he was just working on me with this. And I was thinking about how sadness and depression and anxiety and defeat doesn't matter in God's presence. Those are all carnal, worldly concerns. But when we get in God's presence, none of it really matters. And what I mean by that is when we're in God's presence, in his presence, the scripture says it. There's fullness of joy. That's why you might fight something when you're not in his presence, when you have to be in this world and do worldly things that don't have to mean sin. We're talking about going to work, uh, doing responsibilities, whatever you have to do. You might fight those things. But when you're in God's presence, none of that matters. None, when you really in God's presence with your heart, with your whole soul, with your mind, you're not thinking about how you had an anxiety attack. 
You're not thinking about a panic attack. You're not thinking about that person that wronged you. You're not thinking about fighting nobody. You're not thinking about cussing nobody out. You're not thinking about anything out of line when you're really in God's presence, when you're completely invested and emerged in the presence of God. It's joy there. That's why you can smile. That's why some people, they laugh. That's why some people, you know, they cry. That's why some people, you know, they keep their eyes open. Just so they can take in, you know, the whole environment, whether they're in a physical church or they're in their car, they, they want to take in the environment of what God is going to do. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So the sadness, the depression, the anxiety, the defeat, it doesn't matter in, in God's presence. It doesn't matter in God's presence. That's it. When you get in his presence, he, he gives you joy. I snap my fingers. When you get in God's presence, he gives you peace. All that other stuff. When you had peace an hour ago before you got in his presence, don't matter. The anxiety attack yesterday doesn't matter. The person that wronged you a week ago don't matter. The thing you just don't understand don't matter. Because when you get in his presence, thank you, Lord, there is fullness of joy. That was Psalm 16 and 11. Going to move on to Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come... Y'all, we've been, we've been, the Lord has been making me reference Acts 2 over and over. But when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing, violent wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Look, his presence, a rushing, violent wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. His spirit was in the building. If you didn't know before, you was going to know then. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them. And they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. Verse four. And they were all filled, that is diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. That was the amplified version, clearly and appropriately. So when God's spirit entered the room, it was like a rushing, violent wind. There go, there he was. He was there changing the atmosphere, changing the environment, came in like waves. They weren't at the ocean. They was in a room, but he came in like waves. He came in like, whoosh, it's me. I need you to know it's me. This ain't you. This ain't something you can conjure up. This is my spirit. So again, we're talking about four instances where God's spirit came in the room and changed the environment. He changed those the disciples. He changed all of those who were in the upper room that day. And they knew he came in like a rushing mighty wind. What does rushing mean? Immediately, right away, a violent wind. What's a violent wind? Not a soft wind, like a stormy wind. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. He didn't even say get up. He filled them where they were sitting. My God, he changed the environment. That was Jesus. You was going to know when you left there. That wasn't a window that was open. That wasn't a bad storm outside. Oh, no, no, no. That's the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus. That's Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord. In that instance, God's presence has entered the room. If I had some sound effects, it would say dun, dun, dun. <laughs> God's presence has entered the room. Moving on to our last scripture, John 2, 1 through 10. And this is the Amplified. Oh, and this is the, this is the one. This is the one right here. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana of Galilee. Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. <laughs> and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine was all gone, the mother of Jesus said to him, 
They have no more wine. She, she, we had a party. Jesus, we don't have any wine. Jesus said to her, dear woman, what is that to you and to me? Not just to me, but what is that to you and to me? My time to act and to be revealed has not yet come. His mother said to the servant, servants, whatever he says for you to do, do it. Now there were six stone water pots sat there for the Jewish, Jewish custom of purification. That's the ceremonial washing containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Then he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter of the banquet. So they took it to him. And when the head waiter tasted the water, which had turned into wine, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the bridegroom and said to them, everyone else serves his best wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then he serves that which is not good. But you have kept back the good wine until now. That was a party situation. You know, a lot of times we, we refer to um, what I would call more serious situations, but they were at a party. That one just, that one blew my mind. That was a situation where God was in the in the midst at a party. They were at a wedding, excuse me. They were at a wedding and, and they wanted to have a good time. They, they didn't want no more sparkling. They didn't want any more water. They didn't want any more of the bride and groom's cocktail that they concocted because it's their wedding day. They, they were out of wine. And Jesus' mom said, well, you can do this. You can give us some wine. Let's have a good time. Can we get some wine? And then, guys, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. The scripture is indicating that Jesus turned water into wine. Wine. Not, not water into crystal light. Not water into the finest juice. Wine. They were at a wedding. This was a celebration. And Jesus changed the environment yet again. We had a wedding. We having fun, Lord. We out of the fun stuff. We out of we out of the, you know the thing that's gonna add some fun to this. Now I don't believe they were up there getting drunk, falling out, cussing people. I don't believe that. I know they weren't doing any of that. And Jesus missed, you know. But there was some. Their wine was missing, and this was a fun occasion and a fun time. And he changed the environment. And even the people had to look and say, you know, everyone else serves his best wine first. When people have drunk freely, but you you give us top of the line. It's something different about you. You you did you kept back the good wine until this is the top, this is the top of the line, what you just did. And he wasn't even loud or boisterous about it. They were at a wedding and and and, and being a mama, you know, you can do it. You know, so I think of it, you know, like a parent, you know, whose child they're so proud of their child, and it's like, well, you can sing that song when things go, you know, go wrong, or you can play that instrument, and the person is like, you know, being the kid, you're thinking. I'm practicing, mom. I don't, I'm nervous. I don't want to do that here. You know, but Jesus being respectful of his mother did, you know, he changed that water into wine and, and he changed the environment, you know, getting back to the point of what we're talking about. This is four instances in scripture where God's presence changed the atmosphere and environment, you know, four instances where he changed the atmosphere and environment where he made himself known. You know, and if you're ever feeling like, you know, Lord, I don't know, you know, what you're saying. I want to feel you. I want to hear you. You can ask him to make his presence known. That's why that scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. And I don't have that scripture right on me. I will try to include it in the show notes. Again, email me if you want it. But, you know, if you want God to show himself, you can simply ask you can ask him to show himself. These were four instances where God showed himself strong, where those individuals in each of those scriptures knew 
that this wasn't just a chance, you know, this wasn't a chance. And, and as far as Psalm 1611, we're talking about ourselves. This ain't just a chance. When I get in God's presence, I, there's a different joy. When I get in God's presence, there's a different type of focus. When I get in God's presence, there's an appreciation that I, that don't, that mama, daddy, friend, cousin, uh, uh, a good deed, pay it forward. Don't can't compete with. It's a different, it's a difference. And so I want us to just, you know, keep in mind that if you, you know, you can experience God's presence, you know, ask God to show himself strong, ask him to, you know, show himself to you. It doesn't have to be, you know, the way that you're used to. It doesn't have to be the same way. It doesn't even have to be the way that someone else may have experienced God. But you too can experience the power of God's presence. Okay. I love you guys. I pray that this uh, episode blessed you. I'm going to include all of the scripture that the notes will allow me to in the show notes. Again, if you have any questions, any questions, make sure you email me, Monica200917 at Yahoo. I'm going to keep that, put that in the show notes as well. And I love you guys. I want you to, to set out to experience the power of God's presence, to look for his presence, not just in trouble, you know, not just in situations, but just in the good things to be able to just to take in his fullness, to take in his greatness. Okay. I love you guys. And I will talk to you later. Have a blessed day, week, rest of the day. And I'll talk to you guys later.